What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Bargument. Yesterday, I posted a questionnaire for everybody to throw me some questions. Random. It could have been about anything, anything at all. And so what I did is I capitalized on that and I took every single question. And some of these questions were awesome. Some of these were absolutely, I would have never thought to ask myself these. So this is going to be a good one. So I've got a series of probably 15 questions I'm going to run through here real quick. Again, they're all anonymous. I never attach names to the questions, so you never have to worry about that. But So what we're going to do is we're going to get started, and we're just going to randomly do this. So what I did is I jotted them all down, and I am going to attack them one by one. All right, so the very first question was, does chalk hurt your grip strength? Now, again, you got to remember... This is going to be very biased to my opinion, and throughout this whole thing, it's going to be very biased to my opinion, and everybody's got opinions. Some people are going to disagree with me. Some people are going to agree with me. Excuse me. I'm putting down my water. So again, first question, chalk, does it hurt your grip strength? I say absolutely not. The reason I say that is most people use chalk just because their hands are so sweaty. I am one of those guys that I sweat when I'm warming up. I sweat when I walk to the gym. I sweat walking around, period. So for Chalk and myself, it's all about grip. It's all about grip strength for sure. Even in pushing movements, sometimes I like to use Chalk because again, my hands get very, very clammy and very sticky and gross. So when I'm working out, I say Chalk all the way for sure. Some gyms don't allow it. My gym absolutely does. I just ask that you respect the gym and everybody around and clean up after yourself. Many times I've had to go in there and clean up random blasts of chalk everywhere because it is fucking dirty. So you guys, please clean up your chalk. But again, does it hurt your grip strength? My opinion is absolutely not. Now we're not talking about strength, excuse me, we're not talking about straps. We're not talking about versa grips, anything like that. Just straight chalk is how the question came in. So Again, if it's going to help you grip because your hands are sweaty, absolutely. I do not think it's going to hinder your grip strength. It's not going to hurt it in the long run. So, all right. The next one is pre-workout. What do you want in a specific pre-workout? All right. So this is, this is a big one because there are so many pre-workouts out there. You got to, you guys got to remember when I started taking pre-workout, there was probably one or two pre-workouts on the market. So you got what was available. Nowadays, there's about 106 different types of pre-workouts, and some of them are just so full of caffeine, and all they want to do is crack you out, so you just have this crazy energy in the gym, and I absolutely hate that because it takes away from the pump, it takes away from the stamina, they just fill it with caffeine, and they forget to put good products in there. So what are you looking for in a good pre-workout? Me, personally... I like to have at least three to five grams of creatine in my pre-workout. Beta-alamine, I like the pump factor in citrulline. You know, some people even like to have Yohimbine in their pre-workout. Now, I'm currently having Yohimbine in my pre-workout as I just got done telling you how much I sweat. Yohimbine will make you sweat like crazy. So some people really like it. Some people are very, very, very sensitive to Yohimbine, and they just absolutely stay away from it. So um, as far as caffeine, I'm the type of guy that I like anywhere between two and 300 milligrams. Again, I think when they first came out, they were around like 150, then they got up to two, 253. I'm telling you guys, read your labels because some pre-workouts out there now have seven, 800 milligrams of caffeine. That's just absolutely absurd. You do not need that much caffeine. That's just stupid. And again, 
if you see proprietary blend, get away from that pre-workout. That's a label where they can put anything they want in there because they don't have to justify and explain every single ingredient in there. So don't get a pre-workout that says proprietary blend. Again, this is very biased to me. This is just my opinion. Um, I'm also a big uh, sea salt guy. Got to stay hydrated. Coconut water, stay hydrated. So I like to keep that in my pre-workout as well if I don't drink it during my workout. Um, so making sure that the sodium is definitely involved in that. Like I mentioned before, creatine three to five. A lot of pre-workouts do not have creatine. That's all right. Uh, Beta-alamine is another one. You get that tingle effect. Some people absolutely hate that where it feels like a bunch of fire ants are all over your face and you're just itching. I know that's crazy to think that somebody could possibly like that. I love that feeling. It makes me feel alive. I just, I really enjoy that rush feeling. So, um, Again, that's everybody's opinion is going to be completely different in pre-workouts. Just please read your labels. Be safe. All right, moving down the line here. What is a 4-2-2 tempo? Okay, so if nobody understands exactly what a tempo is, so you what you're doing is you're training in a triphasic plan. And what that means is you're controlling your eccentric your isolation, and your concentric contractions. So a 4-2-2 split means four seconds on the way down, two seconds on a pause isolation, and two seconds coming up on a contraction. Now, I will tell you this right now. You walk into any random gym, you are not going to find people doing tempos because they're hard. <clears throat> Excuse me. Tempos are extremely hard, and they are very effective, and that's why you don't see a lot of people doing them because they are fucking hard. Going down, let's just say you got 225 on the bar for squat, even just the bar. Let's let's just be realistic and just say a naked 45-pound bar. You're going down in a squat position for four seconds, burning on that eccentric. You're pausing down in the pit for two seconds and holding, and then coming back up without bouncing on your knees like a trampoline in a tempo of two seconds back up. Yeah. Put that, put that in your head for a second. That could bury you in no time if you have too much weight, so... That is what a 4-2-2 tempo is. And, and there's so many different tempos out there. A 1-2-2, a 4-2-2, there's a 5-1-2. There's so many different tempos depending on what your goals are. So moving down the line, uh, best time to eat a pre-workout and post-workout. Now, again, this is biased to me. I'm going to say this a million times throughout this podcast. Pre-workout, I like to say an hour and a half to an hour before you train. You need ample time to digest. There's some clients I have that I even push them out to an hour and 45, even two hours before they train because their digestive tract is not moving. It's not up to speed where that food starts to sit in there and it's not digesting by the time we're ready to work out. And if anybody has had a full stomach when you're working out, it's horrible. It's uncomfortable. It's, it's just, you don't want to do it. So you kind of got to test it a little bit on yourself. Same thing with your hydration. You want to make sure that you time everything out the best you can where you have the best efficient workout. You have to remember, that's the number one thing. The whole point of the training is making sure that you can train 100%. If you go in and you've got a whole belly full of pasta, that's not going to work. It's not going to work. So be careful with what you eat. Again, that's not a question that's on here, but best timing to eat your pre and post workout. Again, pre-workout, an hour minimum hour and a half, two hours maximum for sure. Uh, Post-workout, everyone's like, I got to get my protein shake in right away. I've got to do stuff right away the second I'm done working out. Yeah, that's not the case. 
I personally say just within a half hour. Some people say within an hour. It's always completely up to you guys, and it depends on your digestive tract for sure. If you know that your metabolism is cooking, get it in right away. If you know you have some time in between, take a little bit more time in between. All right, moving on to the next one. Is sleep that important? Absolutely sleep is important. How do you think you recover? How do you think your muscles re-nourish themselves? How do you think all these supplements and all this food gets back into your system? Sleep is so important. And I remember, again, growing up, it was always no sleep team. The crew that never sleeps, we're just going to work our ass off all the time. And I get that mentality sometimes too. But as I'm getting older, I'm starting to really realize how important sleep is. Yeah, in a perfect world, we all want eight to 10 hours of sleep and we don't get it. I understand that. But sleep is so important for recovery. Number one thing. Honestly, I would say it's the number one thing is making sure that you get enough sleep. You got to recharge your battery. We live in a world where our cell phones are in our hands 24-7. The only time they're not is if you're connected to the wall on a charger. Think of your body the exact same way. You've got to recharge your body, and the only way to do it is to sleep. So invest in a really comfortable bed and make sure you get enough sleep. All right. Let's see here. Now we're moving to... How not to binge eat? Okay, well, this is a very vague question. I'm guessing that it meant when you're on prep, or in general, let's just say you're not even on prep, just how do you control your hunger? There's so many different ways to control your hunger cues. Me, personally, I've got a list of things that I give my clients to kind of help them out a little bit. There's some popcorn. People don't understand that, popcorn. But a specific kind of popcorn is a great, great snack that you can have a ton of it with like 100 calories, 150 calories. Everybody wants to grab a bowl of popcorn and go watch a movie at night. Otherwise, they're grabbing mambas and they're grabbing Skittles or you're you're making a ton of food and sitting on the couch and watching TV. So you really got to nitpick your snacks on that or you're going to lose it. You're going to spike that insulin and you're going to go nuts and you're going to be sitting in front of the refrigerator just binging. So how to not binge for one, don't restrict your diet too much. Unless you're on prep, then I've got some little tips for you. I suggest sugar-free jello packs, those little tiny little cups, sugar-free. There's like 10 calories in them. Very easy. I suggest cucumbers. Cucumbers are great. I'm not going to tell you to sit and eat six or seven cucumbers. There's still carbs going down in vegetables. There's still carbs going in those cucumbers, but slice up a cucumber into a ton of different pieces and just snack on it. That's another one too. If you're able, again, I'm not talking about if somebody's on a very, very strict prep diet, but take a protein bar. I'm not exactly a huge fan of protein bars, but let's just take a protein bar. Take a protein bar and cut it up into about 20 pieces. Put it in a Ziploc bag and just pop a little piece every once in a while in your mouth. I know it sounds ridiculous, but otherwise, what are you going to do? You're going to open that protein bar one, two bites later, it's gone. So these are little tips and tricks. And again, if you really want to get detailed, I would take that piece of protein bar and I'd stick it to the roof of my mouth. I know it sounds crazy, but I would suck on it. And so it makes it last longer. Next thing you know, I could go all day with one protein bar because I broke it into 20 pieces. So tips and tricks are very, very important when it comes to that. But again, like I said, if you're restricting your diet way too much, you're going to fall off the, you're going to fall off the deep end and you got to be realistic with yourself and you got to be smart. So there is little tips and tricks for sure. And always remember that half the time, I'd say, I'd say actually more than half the time, you're not hungry 
you're dehydrated. So get some water in you, get some water in you, get some water in you. That is so important, guys. Put a little salt in your water if you need to, too. You have to understand your body is more than likely dehydrated. It's not that hungry. What's more important, cardio or weightlifting? I'm going to go with both. Again, I think you need best of both worlds, but weightlifting by far is going to be the best. You're going to activate muscles that's going to burn fat. Put it this way. Walk into any gym, you more than likely see the cardio equipment just completely covered in people. Then you walk over to the weight room and you don't see a ton of people over in the weight room because they all read online, read in magazines that cardio is burning fat and I have to lose weight. So I just got to hump a stair climber. I got to get on a treadmill for hours and hours and hours. Now let's be real for a second. Those people that are sitting on the cardio for that long are usually the people that are the most out of shape. And then you go around the corner to the weight room and you see the people pushing weights around dumbbells are usually the people that are in the best shape. So again, utilize cardio for fat loss to an extent because your diet has to be spot on and weightlifting has got to be the most important out of those two. Again, I'm very biased on that. Everybody's got their own opinion. What's more important. They're both equally necessary for what your goals would be, but pick up some weights. You need to put tension on the muscle. You got to engage the muscle to activate, to burn fat. No, you are not going to turn into Hulk Hogan. Any female out there that's always like, I don't want to weight lift heavy. I'm going to be huge and bulky and gross. I don't want to look like you, Chris. Oh, thanks by the way. And I get that one all the time. So yeah. All right. Hunger tricks when in prep. You know what? I just kind of covered that. Cucumbers, cut up a protein bar, uh, popcorn, little uh, obviously rice cakes. I don't you sitting and eating a whole sleeve of rice cakes. Uh, little things like that. Making sure that you keep everything moving and make it. You know that's the number one thing is you need to keep your butt moving. You got to stay active in prep, which is only going to make your ghrelin in your stomach even more. And it's going to activate, and you got to kind of play that game of fighting that. But just remember, there are certain fat burners out there that appetite suppressants. There's different things out there that can really help with hunger cues. Um, write those tricks down. Steal these tricks, guys. This is the whole reason why you watch. Or watch. Why do I always say that? It's like I think there's a camera here on me. Oh, you guys watching this episode? Nobody can see anything. <laughs> I mean, for everybody listening, steal those tricks, write them down, use them. That's why I do this. Next question is best time to work out. Honestly, there is no best time. Whatever works best with your schedule. I prefer to at least have two meals in my stomach when I train. If I'm weight training, I prefer to do my cardio fasted. That's my choice. That's my opinion. I push a lot of fasted cardio on a lot of my clients and I got a ton of people and a lot of trainers that hate that. And think it's bullshit and don't agree with it. But you know what? If it's not broke, don't fix it. That's kind of how I do things with my clients. Um, so best time is definitely around your work schedule. Some people love to wake up in the morning and weight lift. I highly suggest never weight lift fasted. You're just going to malnourish your muscles. You're never going to get them at their peak performance when they're not full of nutrition. Just try it one time. Test yourself. Wake up one morning. Go to the gym, deadlift, go do your whole training routine. Let me know how you feel. Then the next day, eat about three, four, even five meals. Then go to the gym and tell me how your workout went. 
you'll pretty much answer that question for yourself. All right. I mentally hate being full. It makes me feel like I'm fat every time. What can I do about that? Hmm. I kind of like this one. I mentally hate being full. It makes me feel fat every time. What can I do? All right. That's actually a really, really good question. And I've got an awesome answer for that. Think about this. Being full on pasta and pizza and bread is not the same as being full on chicken, rice, broccoli, asparagus. Think about that. Yes, it's food in your stomach. It has expanded your stomach. It's sitting in your stomach. It's getting ready to digest. Your metabolism is cooking. But yes, there's a difference between being full on bad food and being full on good food. That is an awesome question. You know, and that's funny because I used to think that when I was younger. Because some people just really hate that feeling of being full. Kind of like a lot of people hate that feeling of being hungry. If you're in this sport... And if you're losing weight or trying to lose weight, you have to become comfortable with being a little uncomfortable as far as being hungry. I heard a quote once, and I think it was from, I honestly think it was from Jay Cutler. And he said, you have to live your whole life just a little bit hungry. And it makes sense. Again, I've been weightlifting and doing this stuff for 18 years. I feel like I've been hungry for 18 years. I know it sounds crazy, but... We've all stuffed ourselves so much that it is so uncomfortable, probably every Thanksgiving. Would, do you want to do that every day? You just feel uncomfortable. You hit the couch, you unbutton your pants, and you just pass out. It's, it's, it sucks. It's the worst thing you can do. Everybody does it on Thanksgiving. I get it. I'm one of those guys that after I eat a meal, I go for a walk right away. I, I just do. It helps with full digestion with me. I drink a bunch of water. But you know what? It's not like I want to do that every time. But I also know how I'm going to feel if I plop my ass on the couch after a big meal. So just remember, being full on good food is not the same as being full on bad food. Great question, by the way. Chris, what is your morning routine look like? <clears throat> okay, well, I am four weeks out from a show, so my morning routine, it's a little different. But even if I'm not prepping for a show, my morning routine is pretty religious. Again, excuse me. So my morning routine, I wake up anywhere between four, five, and six, depending on what the heck I've got going on. I wake up, I take my supplements, I drink my water, I take glutamine, I take a shot of lemon juice, I do apple cider vinegar, I get salt water in, I drink at least 20 to 25 ounces of water. And I'll tell you this right now, it gets everything moving. Now, I drink a fiber drink before I go to bed, so that works while I'm sleeping. Usually when I pop the apple cider vinegar and the lemon and water and salt, it hits me like a hurricane. If I haven't made my way to the bathroom for a number two yet, I go out for a walk or I go downstairs on my treadmill and I'll walk for a half hour, 45 hour, depending on what my goal is. And usually by the time that's done, I'm making a run to the bathroom. So again, I'm extremely regular. I'm one of those guys that's all about your gut. Your brain is in your gut. That stuff is very important. So morning routine is huge. You guys always hear about just got to win the day, win the morning. If you set your morning up, I'm telling you, it is so true. Lately, I've been getting up and getting four to four, five, six thousand calories. Jeez, Louise, four, five, six thousand steps in before 6 a.m. Now you're thinking, what the 
that's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy right now, but my step count is extremely high right now. And again, the question is, what was my morning routine? This doesn't mean you have to do this. And I know this isn't your morning routine, but just do a little bit of it. Take 10% of what I said and do it. Take 12%, take 15 and gradually get up there. But I am one of those morning people that nobody likes to get up in the morning. Nobody. I have a extremely comfortable bed and I don't like getting up in the morning, but every time I get up, I listen to a podcast. I, I watch something football in the morning. I just love watching football in the morning. And then I'm up and I do my stretching routine. I go through everything and I feel like a million bucks by the time 6.30 or 7 a.m. hits, I feel like my morning and my whole day is almost done because I've accomplished so much. I'll start working. I'll start working on diet plans and workout plans for clients, check in with my prep clients. It's just, I'm telling you, it's so cliche, but if you get up early, there's something satisfying about that, knowing that everybody else is sleeping and you're up kicking ass. I absolutely love that. Whether I'm on prep or not, I make that happen. All right. What is your overall favorite lift? What is my overall favorite lift? I'm going to go shoulder flies. I know that sounds really weird, but honestly, anybody that's ever had a shoulder cap pump knows exactly what I'm talking about. I think shoulder flies are my favorite lift to do. And everybody loves to train arms and everybody loves to train back and chest. You know, I'm a guy, so everyone's like, oh, chest day all the time. But it's between shoulder flies and anything with legs. I'm a huge leg lifter. And that's a mental thing too, because honestly, again, nobody really loves training legs. It takes so much more out of your body. You got to remember it's the biggest muscle in your body and it's farthest away from your heart. So it's got to pump that much blood. So if you're ever wondering why you get so tired and exhausted on leg day, you got to remember your blood pumping through your heart has to get to your legs. Write that one down, guys. That's so important. But don't skip leg day. That's not even that's not even an option at my gym. Anybody that comes to my gym, more than likely eight out of ten people walking around is usually training legs because you understand how important it is to train legs. You want your arms, your chest, your shoulders, your back to grow, train legs. I know it sounds crazy, but you release so much more testosterone as a guy, which amps up everything else in your body to grow. So that's very, very important. All right, getting towards the end here, what do you do for your core workout? Honestly, I used to train core insane. I used to I used to train, I used to take a whole day. Like, you know, you have back day, you have chest day, you have leg day. I used to have a core day. And for 45 minutes, I would do different core workouts. Did I need to do that? <laughs> no, but I loved it. I got that endorphin release. I got that dopamine release. I felt amazing. Did it make me have a crazy 6, 8, 12 pack? Probably not, but it helped with everything. It, it just it helped with my discipline. Now I do core every single morning, fasted in the morning with my stretching routine, but I'm not religious on it. You know, I'll do a couple crunches and hanging knee lifts and planks and different things like that, but I don't want my abdomen to protrude out. And so I do things that try to keep my waist as tight and small as possible. And finally, what weight class do you compete in? I do the light heavyweights. Um, the top of that is 197. I want to come in around 193 or 4 if I can keep my body fat extremely low. That's the goal. You usually want to be at the tip top of your weight class. You never want to be at the bottom because then you're looking up and these monsters have 20 pounds on you. 
So if you do compete, try to be at the tip top of your weight class. But again, it's not like you have to hit that exact number. I know for a fact I will not look the way I want to look at 197 pounds. So I know if I pull three, four, five, six more pounds off of that, water, creatine, sodium, pull everything down, just saran wrap, I'll probably be where I want to be. But in time, I've got four weeks to prove that. So um, I hope you guys found this one informational just due to the fact that these were some random questions. But I love this. I mean, this was awesome. I just posted this on my Instagram. Again, if you guys don't follow me on Instagram, it's at SPT Chris Spafford. I appreciate everybody that follows and everybody that interacts. And I'm completely organic with my Instagram, which means I write back to everybody I possibly can. I try to keep up as much as I can, but when I post things like questions like this, and I've been kind of flipping the podcast posts out quite a bit, so I I love the interaction, guys. I never thought it would actually take off and and be this interesting because I really honestly didn't think you guys gave a shit about what I say half the time. So it's kind of fun to be able to get that information out to you guys, talking about sports, talking about health and fitness and everything. I really love it, guys. So again, this is the Bargument episode probably five now. We're going to just keep spitting these guys out like crazy. The more you want them, I'm going to keep giving them to you. Thank you. Watch out! They're trying to do-